Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And this was a first. This is the first time this has ever happened on the show where the music was so enchanting <laughs> so that relaxing. I forgot to introduce the podcast. And Carl's yeah. like, I'm ready whenever you're ready. And I'm like, what do he you mean? Normally transfixed. you introduce it. I oh. just... So pretty. I, I was transfixed. This is Galdove, Another World, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda from Chrono Cross, which is our spotlight today. Yes. Yeah, a long time ago, we did a dual episode where we did half of the playlist from Chrono Cross and half from Xenogears. So we've never done uh, Chrono Cross having its own spotlight. So I would say there's a handful, and maybe more than a handful, of tracks that we've actually never played before that we're going to play today. And when it comes to the the old classics, the old standbys, I mean, they're so good that it's worth revisiting this stuff. I, I love the score. It's such a beautiful, calm, and emotional score. And I think... I don't know. I just think it's going to be really fun to focus the whole hour on it. Well, and it highlights a side of Mitsuda's voice that in some cases, like he wasn't able to or wasn't asked to do on Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. And really certain aspects where what's interesting about Chrono Cross is that it's sort of halfway between the, um, I think what's classic to a lot of us, the sound of the music of Chrono Trigger and kind of uh, what I would consider more Mitsuda-san's contemporary orchestral voice. And this is somewhere in between. And for many people, this is maybe their most beloved game and score for the uh, There's a series. lot of beautiful music here. Um, it's a pretty big score. It came out on three discs. And I would say the main sound that most of this score goes for is very beautiful and sparse acoustic guitar. There's a lot of that music. Now, there's there's plenty of other types of ensembles and, and sounds on the score, and we're going to explore a few. But that's kind of, if I had to pick one, that's, that's the main one. Right. And I have a feeling that that sets up itself in the main kind of village that the main character is from. That's actually the track we're going to move to next, and, and I think that's the home village of the main character, and so it's maybe the first time you hear that sound. And yeah, it's there's going to be a lot of acoustic guitar. What's interesting, to my knowledge, there's only two pieces of music that they were able to record with real performance. Basically, the opening cutscene track and the ending credits track. Other than that, it's all stuff that Mitsuda had to kind of sample himself. And I think he did a pretty good job for 99. Well, yeah, especially, um, you know, when I think back to the earlier days of the podcast, which is when we first sort of touched on Chrono Cross, uh, and I think of another um, game that we really liked playing music from was uh, Silent Hill in Silent mm-hmm. Hill 2, Akira Yamaoka. And, you know, I, I think of sort of the sound of the sampled instruments in that score. And we talked about it at the time, it's sort of like a cut above what they were doing on PS1. But I will say some of the Chrono Cross music, I think, um, is very well implemented for the time. It's so like, ahead we of its of, time. It's crazy. We were joking um, when the Galdorf track was playing, but that it's like, the you know, when you put those fret sounds, you can fool a lot of people and i really Just do think for the time there. that's pretty well sampled acoustic guitar absolutely he did a great job so let's move on this game features a parallel world theme and so we're going to hear some tracks that are from the another world and then some tracks from the home world let's just move on we got a lot of great music to get to today 
We're going to go to one of the first things I believe that you hear in the game. It's Arnie Village Homeworld. And this, like everything today, was composed by Yasunori Mitsuda from Chrono Cross. Here we go. You guys are listening to Arnie Village Homeworld. Such a calming and beautiful and emotional piece of music. If for some reason you're not familiar with the Chrono Cross soundtrack, this is a great introduction. Um, a lot of the music is very sparse and features a small acoustic ensemble uh, with a heavy focus on acoustic guitar. There's a very humble human quality that the score has. This is composed by Mitsuda, one of my favorites from the score. Well, and also the quality of these strings is somewhere between synth strings, sampled strings. It's so verby that it has a very synth pad quality to it. Yep. And it's possibly layered with, you know, just some overt synth pads. Some pads, um, yeah. But it's interesting. I feel like games make the transition into synthy music so much easier for you know obvious reasons than film, where I think when we mm-hmm. hear a film score and we hear synth, obviously we're at this point so accustomed to hearing electronic music but I do think this sort of era of like 80s 90s pad synth that's not super tasteful uh, if you put this in a film it would have a very specific like era connotation like oh we're watching like a John Carpenter style movie from the 80s but the thing is we got so used to sampled uh, video game music in the 90s that this is just kind of this felt cutting edge (laughs) exactly yeah it feels like we're aiming up up rather than right. like aiming backwards which is i think a unique privilege of games and you know we praise so often japanese composers who write so earnestly and write with these big sweeping melodies but i also hmm. think some of that wasn't with the same kind of like intent or courage necessarily that we personify it with some of it was just this is the music they wanted to write and wanted to make it memorable and and beautiful in a game and games had this unique way the freedom of being able to sort of punch up where they were the new kid on the block right well let's move on very early in our episode to this week's track of the week It's just the best. This is the best piece of music from the score, in my opinion. It's Scars of Time, which is the opening cutscene theme. So potentially the very first thing you hear 
when you're playing this game. It's composed, of course, by Mitsuda. One of the two tracks, uh, to my knowledge, the only two, that feature all real performance. It's, it's a classic piece of video game music. Everyone knows and loves this track. Let's listen to Scars of Time. You guys are listening to the classic piece of music, Scars of Time. It's really one of the best pieces of video game music. So classic. I don't imagine anyone would argue with that. This is composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. And yeah, I mean, it is incredibly famous and beloved, but it has it has the right to be because, man, is it emotional. I mean, the, the first section is so strong, but it doesn't necessarily hit you over the face the way that the second section does so energetic the melodies are amazing great performance the one thing that's funny is um you listen to this recording which i imagine was recorded in 1999 and uh there's a couple of interesting artifacts of that era one of which is there's there's definitely some peaking going on like in the levels there's some or in the mastering of this um sometimes it got a little distorted but yeah, I mean, what a what a exciting gift to hear this in 1999. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, a really colorful arrangement choices. I love the scale of this sort of chamber ensemble. It starts very ethereal, and it's so chronoy. I mean, the mixture the fretless of ethnic percussion and then phenomenal. like folk American guitar-y elements and stuff that feel like jazz or slightly more earthy. Um, but then you have that, oh gosh, it's just that flute melody. It's delightful. But then when the song opens up proper into that sort of folksy groove, it very much reminds me of what Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore did on Halo, where you start very sure. ethereally with some sort of like 
world ethnic, for lack of a better term, colors, and then you open into this big sort of rock orchestra ensemble. But to me, what's so interesting here is that sense of eclecticism is kept through the whole track. Instruments yeah. from around the world, uh, which is such a unique sound, but melodically so strong and stays in a similar idiom, though it's like well, higher energy. It it's does all of that. One of the things it does so well is set the tone for the score. Yeah. I mean, it's so emotional. It starts out very sparse, and a lot of the music we're going to hear today is very sparse. And so I think it does a really good job of setting the tone. And it's one of those things where when you hear this and you get the emotion from these real instrumentalists, going to sampled stuff, it, it kind of is this nice illusion where we've already had that impact, right? And so now that we're here, we're going to hear sampled versions of some of these instruments, in some ways we accept it more. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, man. Yeah, I mean, this is just such a treat. Any podcast that gets it's to a classic. play Scars of Time, I, it's a gorgeous melody, so well arranged, and particularly for its time. Um, but also interesting to think, you know, very close to the time of Halo, you know, only a year or two apart. Let's move on. This is another one of my favorites. This is a track that you can tell is from the mind of the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, for sure. And actually, this is going to call back to some Chrono Trigger melodies, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a listen to Fields of Time, Homeworld. You guys are listening to Fields of Time, Homeworld. I love that occasionally on the score, Mitsuda calls back to Chrono Trigger melodies. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's so powerful. I don't know if this game is officially a sequel. It's it's set in the same world, apparently, um, but I'm not sure if they considered it. Uh, a, a, it's definitely not a direct sequel. Uh, but yeah, this is such a strong melody it's such a strong track it's definitely following the footsteps of corridors of time uh, with the instrumentation with the melodic style but um 
it also, you know, has its own identity too. This is a super strong track. Well, and I mean, so much of the uh, the Sonic palette here is in, influenced by the way he's voicing these harmonies, which is that very Japanese pianistic using ninths and tenths and yeah. all these open voicings, um, sort of yada yada da 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 da. That sort but of. But you're hearing voicing. it on the guitar. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And with this sort of almost flamenco-y Latin sounding groove. Uh, but yeah, when we hearken to that uh, theme from Chrono Trigger, it's so surprising. The title because, theme, I think. Yeah. Well, right, and because even though harmonically it really is that same progression because stylistically it's in such a different place we almost don't track that we're being set up for that exactly it's surprising when you when you hear it uh hark into that yeah man god the score is so good i'm just glad we get to focus on it even if a lot of these tracks were replaying from that old episode i just feel like we're gonna have some different um thoughts on it today okay uh, let's move on. This is an interesting one. It's called Dancing the Toke Edge <laughs> Lizard Dance. You guys are listening to a really cool and quirky track, Dancing the Tokage, <laughs> Lizard Dance by Yasunori Mitsuda. It's so fun. I, I think it's one of the funnest tracks in the score. It's it's definitely not taking itself too seriously, but I love it. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but it's so fun and creative. I mean, yeah. I, oh man, I just marvel at how Mitsuda created all this music because it's so colorful and it puts you in a place and you know I mean we've talked a lot about how like we have a nostalgia for the Super Nintendo sounds and I think that that colors a lot of how that music feels to us and can actually be more imaginative where this often sits in that uncanny valley where it's like the timbre of a real instrument but kind of none of the articulation and finesse so it's really it sounds like a chopped up human voice and is kind of disturbing yet uh there is something in terms of storytelling that is gained from this specificity and timbre when you close your eyes and listen to this music don't you feel like you're taken to a world that's that's very visceral and real, like a movie. Like, it makes me think of the Ewok village or something. Yeah, you're taken to a timeless world, right, where you don't know. Like, Star Wars is so interesting because technically it's in the past, but, like, it's definitely futuristic. It's so yeah. you don't know the era. You don't really know where you are, but it's full of imagination and fun, and you can just see everyone dancing 
Um, again, we're talking about the music today. We don't know much about this game. We've never played it, but the music tells you all you need to know. That is really fun. Um, okay, so I said before that there is a lot of emotional, heavy music uh, on this playlist, and I wasn't kidding. Let's move to one of those tracks. This is Departed Souls. You guys are listening to Departed Souls, so beautiful. I think the score, people know this, but I think it's so influential to later RPGs to come. I don't know, like how many like quasi-modern JRPG soundtracks have a track like this? Right. It's just so elemental and like archetypal, but I mean, Mitsuda really was showing everyone how it's done here. Yeah, beautiful writing for the harp. This almost sounds like it was conceived for two harps. Um, yeah. One doing more of some of those glisses and one doing sort of melody and kind of the left hand stuff. Uh, but it's it's interesting um, hearing this sort of very pianistic writing for the harp. It's something that, again, this is another advantage of samples and game music and all that. It's like to actually do this for real harpists would be kind of tricky. And I think a lot of composers would stray away from this kind of overt chromatic writing for harps that is so exposed because it's really hard to, to do. But like with games and samples, you can just write whatever you want. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's not going to sound real, but the graphics don't look real. It sort of fits with the world, you know? Well, you know what I I bet that... Because sampler keyboards have been around for a while. And at this time, for sure, you could buy a sampler keyboard where you could load in samples. So I have a feeling he is performing all of this stuff on a keyboard. Whether or not he already had those samples or it was MIDI that he was then, you know, messing with later. Yeah, I have a feeling that's, that's how he was was making this score and you can like you said you can hear that pianistic style on on all this stuff man what a great track it feels like a classic it's been a while since i've heard that but man this just brings me back to earlier earlier days doesn't it okay certainly this this one is so so good one of my favorites for sure when i first heard this track it really it really stopped me in my tracks let's take a listen to on the beach of dreams another world 
You guys are listening to On the Beach of Dreams, Another World. And I think it's so impressive that Mitsuda got this result in 1999. The tools that we had back then were so much more limited. So I'm so curious to know, uh, did he have a sampler keyboard that he put all this into? Um, he definitely at some point recorded samples of, you know, acoustic guitar clearly, but I think violin, maybe it was during the Scars of Time session, he recorded that player, used it later on in the score, but it it works. It really works, especially for 1999. I mean, I think if you played this game, you, you were just going to be blown away by how good this sounds. Yeah, I agree. And so much of it, too, is just the arranging and orchestrating from a purely musical level in terms yeah, it just of works splitting as a piece our attention. Yeah, I mean, it's like whether it's a harp or a guitar or a synth or pizzicato strings or whatever, that sort of plucky string sound. And in this mix, it's kind of more off to the left and everything. And then it's like contrasting that with longer, more lyrical textures, you really, you get the sense of sonic space and arranging that it's like, regardless of what kind of instruments or kind of like what your style of music is, it's excellent arranging. You like this yeah. could be translated to 16 bit. It could be translated to the Genesis. It could be done on the game boy. Like the, it just, it's, it's just timeless composition music. with, with simple contrast in a way that there's really only ever like, like two prominent elements that you're listening to, but it feels full and very rich. Let's move on to a piece of music. I guess I would consider it inspired by modern jazz. It's definitely a really fun change of pace in the score. I like it a lot. It's Fortress of Ancient Dragons. Thank you. 
You guys listening to Fortress of Ancient Dragons, and it's a really interesting track. It has the ethereal side and a lot of atmosphere, but then this like funk jazz kind of dissonant groove comes in. Really interesting piece of music. I mean, Chrono Cross is cool because there's a few times when Mitsuda is able to stretch out and go in the direction that he definitely hadn't up to this point. And I don't know if he really ever was able to any other game he worked on. So yeah, there's there's some really interesting musical moments in this game. Wow, yeah. Interesting <laughs> harmonies here, kind mm-hmm. of these unrelated minor thirds. And then on pipe organ, I mean it's it's a very again, in a movie But what about that groove, that boom boom dim boom that's just such a cool groove. Right. But I feel like in a movie you can only get away with this if it was like Hotel Transylvania. Like you couldn't actually do this in earnest in a real Yeah in any sort of context in a film. And I think this is one of the amazing things about games is games are inherently more abstract because they really can't be, or especially at this time could not be photorealistic. Right. And so they're in a visual aesthetic style. That's a metaphor for the real thing. And so it's just easier for music to take that to the next level. I think that's why movies that have a really quirky visual style, you think of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and John Bryan's score. That's very, quirky it's like but it works because the film is so stylized yeah that would work in in like a diehard or something you couldn't just have quirky like clarinets Mm -hmm. playing you know yeah so we're gonna move to another another world theme we've heard arnie village homeworld now we're gonna hear arnie village another world one thing i was struck by and i've known this for years because i've loved the score is that the homeworld and the another world themes are not as different as you'd expect them to be if you think about cliches, you know, video game parallel world cliches where the dark world is like really ominous and creepy. That's not really what what happens in this game for the most part. Let's take a listen to Arnie Village Another World. Absolutely gorgeous. You guys listening to Arnie Village, Another World. It's pretty similar to the sound of Arnie Village Homeworld. It's a little different, maybe a little deeper, uh, maybe a little more grown up in a way. Mm -hmm. But it's so beautiful. I just, I love this 
sound for Mitsuda. There's a couple tracks coming up when he goes even further into the folk Celtic vibe. We're going to hear some of that. But I love a track like this that's just flirting with that. It feels very folky, very homey, some Americana moments, but it's also just classic Mitsuda too. It really is. A strong melody and a really sweet arrangement. Yeah, all this music has that sort of, and I've been hinting at this, but that sort of like cheesy 90s quality. Uh, synth heavy, wet with reverb. Definitely some alternative, like acoustic alternative pop. And oh my gosh, especially the credits theme, just get out of here. It's just straight up 90s alternative. So yeah, that that's a fun mix too. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, and so much of this is like, a real strength for the score and I think what Mitsuda was going for. It's funny to think of this existing in its time because part of me feels like it would have felt cheesy even back in 99, but it's also hard to gauge how much uh, the world has really changed because I mean, 99, I think, isn't that when Titanic came out? I mean, that was 97, but close. Uh, But anyways, I mean, just, you know, we're right in the thick of, you know, rest in peace, James Horner, but very cheesy, delightful. I mean, Celine Dion, incredible. My heart will go on. But like, you couldn't really do that in a movie now in earnest unless it was like a joke or if it was like a Disney live action remake. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't just have totally. this earnestly composed, like, I don't know. <laughs> Just with a string arrangement? Yeah, well, to give you more historical context, so to set up 99, that was the year you had movies like The Matrix. Matrix, Fight, yeah. Fight Club, Toy Story 2. That was that was kind of the era when this, when this game when first came out. When did Fellowship of the Ring come out? Was that like 2000? 2001. Mm. That was a couple years away, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, so Mitsuda set up the sound of the, not the solo fretless bass, but at least the very prominent fretless bass in Scars of Time. And that's a, an element that's in a lot of the score, mostly sampled, but it's still there. This is another nice change of pace. It's kind of dark and devious. It's called Hydra Marshes. <laughs> You guys are listening to Hydra Marshes, and this is interesting because this is a piece of music that is all about location. It's a location theme 
its sole purpose is to set up the vibe of this area, Hydra Marshes. And I mean, it's not an amazing piece of music. It's not something I'm going to listen to just like on repeat while I'm doing the dishes. But it does a really good job of setting up a specific atmosphere and definitely a change of pace from a lot of the really calm uh, village themes or just other more pleasant themes that we've heard before. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty strong as far as uh, a, a very specific location theme. I mean, again, like all this it music, nails it's, this it's, vibe. it's arranged in a quirky way and has some striking, unique harmonies. Uh, some I think, humor, yeah, too. This one I wasn't crazy about from the start, but it definitely won me over with just yeah. sheer musical invention i mean this does not sound like something that mitsuda is phoning in i mean it's like even the things that i wasn't a fan of it's because they were bold choices they weren't lazy like at arm's length choices uh, in my opinion uh this right i just think it's such an interesting set of instruments and uh i i really love that sort of b section that gets a little darker and in the context of a location theme like, I think about almost like a dungeon in a Zelda game this would be really interesting for. But having such a daring harmonic shift that isn't attached to specific action of, like, you walk in this room and this thing happens is kind of a bold thing. But it also, it's like, that's a, the problem with music is it exists in time. So I think a lot of games now, they, they want the music to be more like sound effects where you walk yeah. in this room and then this happens. And that can be effective, but the problem is, for music to really affect your emotions, it does need form. It does need A section, mm-hmm. B section, point, counterpoint. Like, you can't just have it all in one chord. So I do think that music like this that does develop can actually help to set up an environment from a mood standpoint in a better, more specific way than something that's just like a non-changing tonal sound design approach. Mm -hmm. So guys, I want you all to know that this was a really close call for track of the week. I do think Scars of Time is the best piece of music. I don't think anyone's going to necessarily argue with that. But this one is just so perfect for the Chrono Cross sound. I mean, the first thing I think of when I think of the score is acoustic guitar. And this is a track that is nothing but acoustic guitar. Again, it's sampled, but it's it's the classic sound of the score. And it's just really one of the most beautiful pieces in the score. I love this. It's a narrow space between dimensions.
absolutely lovely, A Narrow Space Between Dimensions by the wonderful Yasunori Mitsuda, where it was touching on 90s film music, and this one just reminds me of that decade. There's a sweetness, there's an innocence to it um, that a lot of really feel-good 90s film music has. Um, yeah, I just absolutely love this track. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. I mean, yeah, 90s film music, I definitely hear Rudy in yep. uh, this. I, I definitely hear also, a lot of things. you know, it's kind of rooted in traditional music. I mean, there's kind of like a hymn-like quality that yes. he has in some of his tunes with his suspensions. And a song, and a song-like quality. Yeah, yeah, hymn-like in that it's sort of classical, but a song-like yep. quality, even like a mankin-y, you know, Disney kind of approach but yeah there is something sort of sweet yeah. and, and how cool is it that we're at the end of the experience and today end of the episode we're gonna get an actual song with a singer and it's almost like this really you know big payoff right that's such a good point yeah is this is gorgeous i can totally see Just why this was a contestant for track of the week but um it, it, yeah such a, a a different kind of um success you know the the success of scars of time is on this bold rich production and all these different themes and this is on sort of the opposite a small focused soloistic piece that's a very tender and sincere moment but both executed flawlessly in my opinion so so far what we've heard is mitsuda kind of dipping his toe in the celtic waters and this is a track when he's fully submerged swimming around having a good time let's take a listen to termina Homeworld. You guys are listening to Termina, Homeworld. It's another classic. I love this track. I love Mitsuda-san going for this Gaelic sound. He definitely loves this kind of music. He loves to inject it into his scores. Um, I think it was a really good choice to not have the entire soundtrack uh, kind of hitting you in the face with this Gaelic folk sound. I mm-hmm. think you would get sick of that. I think when it does pop up, it's particularly effective. Yeah, I mean, it's this beautiful, modal, mixolydian 
um, very dancey, secular it's just a dance folk party. tune. Yeah, it's such a celebration. Well, and the the beautiful sort of reed pipes doing the drone is is so spot on. But again, like so much of his music, it really conjures up images. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's the thing that's so fun. You know, we listen to a lot of gay music outside of its context, and often it's not that difficult for us to just dissect it musically. But there is this interesting phenomenon uh, that we've had several times on today's episodes that we just can't help but picture visceral imagery, which is almost the greatest compliment well, what I any love piece about of medium music can have. Is we've said it before, we, we're not experts on this game. We're not talking about the game context today. But I love that that music that this music does that automatically. Like just listening to this track, I'm picturing things, Will's picturing things. We almost don't need anything else to to kind of know what Mitsuda was going for and the emotion uh, that he was going for, for sure. I mean, it's just such a fun celebration. It feels like you're exploring a new world. Um, there's just there's just like kind of this this endless excitement and inertia that this piece has. Absolutely. I feel like Dorian and and Mixolydian, for me, emotionally, are sort of like these equal opposites where like Dorian has that it's minor, but a little bit like happier than minor. Uh, And Mixolydian sort of like the opposite. It's major, but it's got a little bit of darkness to it. And so they're they're interesting. But that's why for me, like Mixolydian is actually like the happiest mode. Um, because I feel like regular major feels so orderly. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Mixolydian just feels like freedom. It feels endless because it doesn't have yeah, that I same mean, I formal just, quality. Another thing that's so effective, again, I'm just all guessing here based on the music, is I just get the sense that this area is a lot more bustling and busy than uh, where this main character was, was from, uh, which was Arnie Village. And so I imagine it's a cool thing to experience when you get it's got to be more of a busy area right based on yeah. uh, this music I just think that he does a really good job of you know starting from the the very very most basic and pure and humble kind of music and then when he chooses to to you know expand things I think it's super effective let's move on the next track um, we're playing is called The Dragons let's take a listen
You guys are listening to The Dragons, and it's from Chrono Cross. And I really love some of this Chrono Cross music that really feels like you're getting a preview of what Mitsuda is going to do, you know, 5, 10, 15 years in the future from this. It reminds me of some of his future RPG work. Um, you know, whether it's the, the Xenoblade series or... What was that game? I mean, he's he's done a lot of great work with other collaborators. A lot of awesome soundtracks where he's one of four, one of five uh, amazing composers. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, in some ways, what's interesting about Mitsuda's career is he started with a score that was so unique and really seemed to just have his special heart kind of on its sleeve. But then later on, it, it feels like he's kind of a little bit more of a chameleon where he's going for a very comfortable, familiar RPG sound. And it could be, this isn't a good example of that, but later projects, it's like, oh, this could be from him, this could be from, you know, many other composers. So I do think there was a, eventually a point when he was able to be more of a chameleon, maybe. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think what's so interesting about game music, and this is something we don't often talk about, but exists at a really interesting point in history where I think it's like the 20th century was a very unique century in terms of the separation between, you know, popular and classical music forms and the basically bringing the entire world together in a more global market. The idea that like things could, um, you know, be affected and, and understood all around the world. Um, and I think what happened to music in the 20th century, even starting, you know, as early as the tens and twenties and stuff, there were huge revolutions happening all across the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think games are at an interesting point because as it stands today, at least in, in like the Western world, like the classical tradition and the people who teach that are so far separated from the most popular music that is more popular than ever because Mm -hmm. it's like more ubiquitous than any classical music. So it's, what's interesting is we're generations upon generations after that split has sort of occurred. So for us, being a musician is basically anyone who has the confidence to say they want to try it. And so many people are, they teach themselves or they learn a chord here from a friend or they listen to a song they like and try to recreate it. And there's so much beauty in that, but there's also so much knowledge that's sort of like left to be learned. And what's fascinating about game music is it's somewhere in between those like, seeking for the knowledge of what exists and also being unaware of kind of the correct or formal way to do something and just following Mm -hmm. one's own intuition. And I think without that freedom, we would never have all the beautiful, colorful game music that we have. So cheers to the 20th century. Cheers indeed. Uh, The next two pieces of music definitely feature acoustic guitar. This first one is a nice ensemble. You have some bass, you have some strings and percussion. It's a very pretty music. I'm losing track a little little bit. I feel like we uh, have heard the melody that this track conveys before. I want to say that it calls back to melodies we've heard. Uh, At the very least, it's it's a very familiar sound for this game. Let's take a listen to Chrono Mantique.
You guys are listening to Chronomantique, and in addition to hearkening to some Chrono, the same Chrono Trigger theme that we heard in Fields of Time, uh, I want to say that it's also hearkening to a Chrono Cross melody we've heard. Uh, at the very least, it's it's in that same musical world for sure. Uh, this is a this is a beautiful piece of music. I, I love again. I love the Chrono Cross uh, eclectic instrumentation that he establishes on a lot of this music it's it's very imaginative and this is a fun one because he's kind of taking a solo what sounds like an improvised solo on the acoustic guitar so that's a treat yeah i think this is a piece of music that especially in the context of everything we've talked about i think it kind of speaks for itself yes very self-explanatory this track that we haven't really heard so far today but i think that's a testament to how amazing this score is that a piece of music like this really if you think about it in any other context what playlist could you put it in what film what you know outside of a video game what context could you put this piece of music in and say like yeah there's really not much to say here just kind of standard stuff (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny uh the next piece of music is a smaller ensemble but it's beautiful we have acoustic guitar upright bass and piano uh yeah it's just it's just a really solid piece of music it's voyage another world You're listening to Voyage Another World. I just, I can't say how much I love the sound and the emotion that Chrono Cross has. I, I mean, there's obviously some tracks that go for something different, but this is what I'm talking about. It's just so pure, so homey, so calming. And if this is paired up with an emotional, you know, and resonating set of characters and a plot, I mean, this this is one of those things that's going to make you just kind of tear up yeah and what's interesting is it's the the this piece has a really dark harmonic sequence in it and by dark i don't mean like scary or dangerous i mean dark as opposed to bright on the um on the circle of fifths it's entirely the flat side so if you think of going from you know c major seven to f major seven to b flat major seven to e flat major seven and so on and so on as opposed to like you know c7 to g 
seven, you know, as opposed to going the other direction on the mm-hmm. circle of fifths. For um, sure. Yeah, and it, that, that really dark, interesting color. But it, uh, one thing about this piece of music that doesn't quite work for me is there's a moment <laughs> in that sequence where in order to, the problem with something like this is it takes you very far away from your home key. And then in order to get back, you have to sort of, you know, you need a lot of energy to get brighter. It's it's more natural in music, downward motion or getting flatter or sure. that kind of it's easier to go from bright to dark and not notice it as much where it's mm-hmm. like then to there's a moment where just oh up a half step it's just kind of this awkward jarring shift yeah i mean there i totally get that moment yeah that's a jarring moment one thing that i did love that i wanted to say about this track is i loved the moments when the acoustic guitar accompaniment and the piano lead match up and double each other melodically mm-hmm. most of the time it's not happening most of the time the guitar is playing around and the and the piano melody is on top or dancing around but occasionally there's a couple notes where they line up with each other and i think that uh just kind of moving away and then coming together and then moving away is is pretty effective in this one totally let's move on to a track that for whatever reason reminds me of the zelda series a little bit it's a good one it's called garden of the gods let's take a listen listening to garden of the gods um a very beautiful piece of music the synth choir is is so classic for this era (laughs) video game music um yeah i don't know i think this one it might not have as much of a chrono identity it kind of reminds me of other series it's very beautiful i think it's a great piece of music but i i found it interesting that it kind of maybe reminded me more of other series than chrono but maybe that's just unfair well yeah i mean i think that half step you know it's very phrygian mode um but also sort of this could totally be a zelda game don't you think very much it's it's really pretty it's very ethereal even the combination of choral and harp in that sort of important solace that of kind of receiving a message from the gods is very Zelda kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we didn't mention it before, but this game took some of its elements from characters, plot, and some ideas 
from a pretty obscure Stellaview game called Radical Dreamers, which was a sequel to Chrono Trigger. It came out the following year in 1996. Not a lot of people got to play it, I don't think. And so it made sense that when they were working on Chrono Cross, they kind of reused some of those elements, including music. And so this is one of the pieces that I think originally was from Radical Dreamers. Yasunori Mitsuda went back to it for Chrono Cross. Let's take a listen to The Girl Who Stole the Stars. You guys listening to The Girl Who Stole the Stars, a beautiful ballad, and I feel like these types of emotional, slow ballads are definitely one thing that Mitsuda became known for. Um, There are many titles when it feels like he was brought in to kind of knock out these really hard-hitting ballads. He's talented at a lot of things, but you have to admit that this is one of the things he's maybe most talented at. Yeah, I mean, writing incredibly captivating and iconic melodies is one of his many strengths. And simple melodies, that's that's an important ingredient, right? This has to be simple, otherwise you're probably not going to remember it as much. Right. Simple in a, in a very catchy way, though, where it's like yeah. an economy Number of, of notes, notes <laughs> but they're important notes. They're not just outlining a triad. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, maybe simple, maybe elemental is a better word, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they can. It, something can be both simple and complex, which is the great duality of music that I think mm-hmm. happens all the time. Of like, it's it's made up of basic elements, but the combination feels fresh or feels yeah. filled with more tension or interest than either of the elements have on their own. Well, let's move on to more of a menacing piece of music. I would say, uh, based on what I was reading, this is kind of a sad. Um, plot point in the game. We've had some sadness so far today, but I think this is a different type of sadness. (laughs) It's Burning Orphanage from Chrono Cross. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Burning Orphanage. <laughs> it's it's almost funny just how incredibly dark this is. <laughs> I mean, literally, if I'm not mistaken, there's a point in the game when someone burns down an orphanage, and I'm pretty sure there's some children that get killed. Uh, wow, talk about dark. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I find it interesting that this piece of music uh, didn't necessarily live on as this all-time RPG classic the way that others have, like in the Final Fantasy series. Um, I think it's really strong. I think it's really impressive how he was able to sample uh, operatic vocalists in this time and make it, you know, work for the most part. But yeah, you know what I mean, Will? Like, you think of these classic JRPG themes that have this level of uh, emotion and maybe going for, like, an operatic thing. This one is not one that is maybe as iconic well i do think the reality is chrono cross is not as popular as like final fantasy 7 yeah um and i do think there's something to you know why they never really made another sequel after this um huh. and yeah I, I don't know how much it sold yeah I'd be i know people are clamoring for a sequel. i know the 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 series is incredibly beloved but i don't mm-hmm. think chrono cross was as successful as chrono trigger and that could have a partial reason why it's not or maybe it like sold well in japan but not as well in the united states i really don't know i yeah. mean i also think jrpgs took a very interesting turn um it's true after all i know point. is that as a game it's it's considered a good game some people think it's great but um it's not as universally acclaimed as Chrono Trigger. Most people would say that Chrono Trigger is a better game from what I've heard. Uh, all right. We only have a couple more left today. Let's move on to a very emotional and beautiful track. It's called Reminiscing Unerasable Memory. You guys are listening to Reminiscing, Unerasable Memory, and I have a feeling this is one of the final pieces you hear in the game. I know it's placed near the end of the soundtrack, so if that's any indication, um, it's cool to have just a solo piano piece. That's not the sound uh, that he sets up for Chrono Cross, so there's definitely something surprising and kind of powerful about this. Will, what are your thoughts on this uh, Reminiscing track? Very beautiful, has his textbook gorgeous melodies and um really well voiced chords and uh very you know hisaishi-esque um and like (laughs) a lot of uh anime and it's just yeah excellent music and i think perfect for sort of winding the episode down here absolutely and speaking of we're gonna do we've done this every once in a while uh this is a piece of music that is a little on the long side so we're going to uh set it up a little bit play a decent amount of it give 
very brief parting thoughts and then fade it back up to, to finish it up for the play out. It is Radical Dreamers Unstolen Jewel. It's the end credits theme of Chrono Cross and it's kind of the journey is complete. All of the things he's been setting up musically, emotionally, uh, climax for this piece. It's a beautiful vocal alternative acoustic pop piece of music. Will, anything else you have before we play this? Anything else you have? Any plugs or anything at the end here? Nothing for me. Uh, we are going to most likely have at least one, if not maybe more, Marcato radios late sometime in the summer. Um, Will is next month going to be getting married, and so we're, we're going to have to figure out s- some scheduling stuff. So don't be surprised if we have a couple of Mercado radios this summer. Yeah. I'm really excited for your wedding, dude. <laughs> I'm taking a, I'm taking a year off from the podcast. <laughs> taking a sabbatical. <laughs> for research. In Hawaii. He's just going to play ukulele on the beach. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. We're, let's, let's play a decent amount of this Radical Dreamers, and then we'll give a couple thoughts. Oh, this is a beautiful track. Here we go. So beautiful. It is truly the emotional climax. I love this piece of music. It's probably one of my top five pieces of vocal VGM. It's Radical Dreamers, Unstolen Jewel. I mean, round of applause and hats off to Yasunori Mitsuda. Will, final thoughts on this amazing score? Yeah, it's an absolute delight. I mean, it is for the PS1 what Chrono Trigger is for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it's it's true. Incredible music. Uh, but I think the thing is, is the Super Nintendo, in my opinion, has better music than the PS1. So, I mean, and Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. is one of the best scores on the whole system. So, I mean, I I wouldn't have a problem just definitively saying that Chrono Cross is the best PS1 score. Um, 
because it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I might agree with that. Phenomenal. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Uh, it was a really good time. It was go- it was fun to go back to this world. We're gonna now fade it up and play you out with the remaining minute and a half ish of Radical Dreamers. That's it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.